the Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. This is the show where I do improvised horror stories. What I do is I pull out random titles, and then I make up the stories from there. And if you have any titles you'd like to submit, you can uh, send them to quarantinespookshow at gmail.com, or just uh, contact me directly. This story is called, My Hat is Chewing on My Head. Thank you. 
first time I popped in, and uh, I didn't really, th didn't really think much of it. I was just like, okay, a hat store. I can use a hat. So I strolled in. Started to browse around. I saw this nice little uh, flat cap that was marked half off. I tried them on and that one uh, fit me like a glove. Not just on my head, but uh, my soul, of course. It's one of the most perfect feelings in the world when you pick up an art article of clothing that really feeds your soul, that complements your essence. And that helps you project who you are and who you want to be in the world. It was that kind of hat. Divided uh, takes on my hat. soul for it. Other people kept calling it a little rascal's hat. Or a paperboy hat, but uh, I took it in a stride. I thought I looked good. I thought it fit who I was as a person. And whoever that was, well, so be it. I damn love that hat. The one day I took the Greyhound bus. I stashed it in my coat pocket. Fell asleep. But when I got off the bus, I realized my hat was missing. The bus already emptied out before I could find it again. I checked around my seat and on the floor and everything. But no, it must have slipped out and then someone nabbed it. And that was the end of that. So when I was back in Philly again on South Street, I thought, okay, maybe this time I can get a new hat got such a great hat last time, after a proper uh, grieving period, of course, for losing a good article of clothing, you know. It's not that long, but certainly needed a week or two, just like, oh, can't, can't rush into a new hat already, you know.
the store, uh, I looked around, tried some stuff on. And all of it was really fitting me too much. But then I saw, it was my hat once again. It was the same stack I even pulled it from. All the hats were half off. Same design, same size, and everything. right, but it didn't quite feel the same soulful fit as it did before. I'll compare it to, uh, it's like a science, science fiction trope uh, when it comes to clones, you know. Someone dies and is swapped with a exact replica clone, you know. Might as a, would it be, might as well be the same person? questions were more philosophical than I was uh, willing to go for picking out a new hat. I liked it, it looked just as good. And then I bought it and that was the end of that. I didn't have the same relationship with this hat as, as I did the last one, but I was less obsessed and attached with this version of the hat. I didn't wear it all the time and the way the first hat. In fact, I was more free with it, you know. I was more willing to get it uh, roughed up and dirty a little bit. It was more of a fluid article of clothing, only because my relationship with it differently was different. Which is something I considered with other articles of clothing and uh, other experiences I would later have in my life. I also lost this hat too. Also on a bus. I had a really bad fever. I called out of work and then went on the bus home. And I was absolutely delirious. And just like before, I shoved my hat in my coat pocket. And I got off the bus and slipped out gone by the time the bus left. So it was two missing hats, both identical. And of course this third time, uh, I, went to, I went to the uh, renowned hat store located in Philadelphia on South Street. anymore. I would have to scour every thrift store on earth to find that old hat once again. But still, I was ready to adjust 
explore uh, new horizons and apparel. I was feeling like I wanted to switch it up anyway. I still wanted to go with the flat cap thing, but I wasn't being picky. I was willing to test out other styles and all that. Something I don't know, but it's uh, it's not ours. It's yours. You just take it. 
go, but appreciate it. Cool. to walk out of a hat store with a new hat. But yeah, I wore it around and it was, it was pretty cool. Um, got a couple of compliments of it, you know. I don't think it blew anyone's mind, minds with it, but, you know, it was a good hat. Solid, reliable. Um, but as the weeks went on, the only nagging thing about it was like it was so fucking tight on my head. Like, unbelievably. Usually when you have a hat for a bit, the opposite happens. You stretch a hat out and it kind of conforms to your head a little bit more. But this one just like got tighter and tighter. Not tight enough for me to not wear it, but just like the right type of tightness of hat where just like it's really inconvenient, but not inconvenient enough to, like, let go of it, you know? It was a real bitch of a situation. It's getting to the point where I'm starting to get, uh, little abrasions all around my head and my forehead. Often when I'd wear hats, I'd, uh, you know, get, like, hat marks here and there. Or something, but no, it was my face. 
perhaps we're going to take a look at it. Apparently the vibration was coming from like the top of my head, you know. My hair was moist with blood and everything. At the time, I didn't really blame it on the hat. I didn't know what it was. I thought I like banged my head and didn't remember or something. But I took kept the hat off, uh, put it in my coat pocket, so I didn't have to worry about it at all. started to get a little bit weird. As the weeks went on, I was progressively getting more dizzy and disoriented. It was getting tougher to drive and I kept uh, not synchronizing with traffic, you know taking a real long time to merge into a different lane and everything like that. Turning too late or forgetting to turn on the turn signal. It was the dangerous type of spacing out uh, when it came to driving. It was also affecting my work as well, you know. I had to go to the office and some documents or something, uh, but I kept trying to type and kept, uh, I was on the verge of, uh, becoming a little bit dyslexic, I suppose, for lack of a better phrase. Just really jumbling my sentences and letters and words and not really knowing how to fix them, unless I had to, like, really think about it for, like, 20 to 30 seconds.
apartment. They didn't have much to do that day. But I was just sitting at my desk. spacey and sick. And I feel like I was about to pass out right on the desk. The headache getting worse and worse. And it got to the point where I felt like I was, yeah, I was gonna pass out. No, 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 not this, not this. So I get up and I try to take off my hat, but it won't come off. Keep tugging and tugging at it, but nothing happens. I eventually start to freak out and I just keep yanking at it.
down the sidewalk at this point. Nobody's around, I don't know where anyone is. And I can just hear this munching and gnashing on my hand. So I'm walking with this thing in my hoodie pocket. And I just try to process it all. Okay, so this hat has teeth and has been chewing on my head for a couple months. Maybe sucking on my blood, I don't know. Damaging my brain cells or whatever. But I gotta get rid of this thing. Strength into anything in my life. 
barely resembles a hand. The skin is gone. The flesh is chewed up and mangled. The only thing that's remained is just a... Just the bones of my hand that I can barely move. It didn't even hurt. It just felt numb. I was just so in shock about it. This next story is called Pickpocket. Side of my jackets. Always kept things in my uh, pockets concealed by a pea coat. 
I didn't wear any backpacks. I just usually had a satchel or a messenger bag. And I kept that close to the front of me. So I can keep a good eye on it. hot day in New York and it just kept sizzling. I'd always hear stories about people getting pickpocketed and whatnot. But because of how cautious I was, it was never something that I had to deal with. the city. Someone asked me for a cigarette. And he gave it to him and I uh, and he uh, he lit it himself. And he looks me up and down and he said, uh, ah, so what are you doing in the city? Apparently I didn't strike him as anyone who lived in New York or any of the boroughs. Oh, just visiting family for a few weeks. He was like, yeah, cool, cool. And I said, oh, so what do you do? And he said, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a pickpocket. Never met anyone who's so casual and formal about it. Anywhere I went in public, he was always eyeballing me. 
eventually I was starting to get a little bit paranoid seeing this dude around. You know, whenever I visited family in New York, I like to explore a little bit, you know. I wasn't in the city often, so I wanted to see some sights, but, you know, during the rest of that trip, I just stayed in, you know, stayed in my family's place mostly, not really going out much. Definitely nervous about getting pickpocketed. Not even for the fear of uh, losing something or anything. Just for the matter of being proven wrong. This was a guy who said he could pickpocket anyone, anytime, anywhere. And now someone who could never be pickpocketed. Those two forces of nature to the test. Then I decided, you know what, I'm gonna see if this guy can actually pickpocket me. So I started to go into public more. I'd see him in public and I'd greet him, give a head nod. Sometimes we'd chat, but still, he never took anything off me. I was really proud for this guy never taking anything from me or anything. Eventually it was getting to the point where it was the tail end of my trip. I got a taxi to the airport and I had my bags packed and everything. smoking area outside the airport. And I saw the pickpocket there. He said, oh, your trip's, uh, trip's almost over, huh? And I said, yeah, almost. You know. You know, I think you came close a couple times trying to pickpocket me, but it didn't happen. Pocket uh, gave a reluctant smile, but also a little bit snide, just saying, uh, no, it did not. So I pulled out a pack of cigarettes, and then he said, uh, hey, do you think you can uh, lend me a cigarette? I said, yeah, sure, sure, of course. So I give him one, and then he smokes it with a lighter. And then he said, yeah, I've never, uh, met anyone who's so determined into not getting pickpocketed. I said, uh, yeah, I guess we're a rare breed, I suppose. So I have a cigarette in my mouth, and I'm looking for my lighter, but I can't quite find it. And so the pickpocket holds it up, and he says, uh, looking for this. And I said, yeah, that's that's my lighter. And then he hands it to me and he says, uh, uh not determined enough, huh? And I said, no, no, I guess not. And he said, so where are you heading off to now? 
I'm uh, heading to Virginia. That's where I live. And I said, oh, I have family in Virginia, you know. I'm over in the state, maybe I can contact you. And I said, yeah, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can grab a drink or something, you know, have a meal together. And he said, yeah, if you're not careful, I might pick something off you. And I laughed at him and I said, uh, more than welcome to try. Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. And good night. Thank mm-hmm. you.